Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Chapter 5, verses 4 through 7 is where we're going today. Luke 5, 4 through 7. When he had stopped speaking, that's Jesus, he said to Simon, now eventually that's going to be Peter, but he's called Simon right here. He says this to him. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. If he would have stopped there, that would have been terrible, but he didn't. There's another word, nevertheless. I love that. Strategically placed, nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. You know how they signaled them, right? They, they had a signal guy, right? He was like, he was signaling them. And he signaled, come and help us. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And because of this one simple act of obedience, Simon went from no fish in his boat to so many fish in his boat that it began to sink. Somebody in this room, this is my assignment, I've come to tell you, you're just one act of obedience away from your miracle. Now, maybe it's water baptism, maybe it's going through Discover Life, getting involved in the church, maybe it's something entirely different, but that next act of obedience could be the one that changes your life forever. And today I'd like to preach a message entitled, when God says, watch this. When God says, watch this. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. I pray that you'd bless us, speak to us, anoint me to preach, anoint us to hear what the Spirit would say. We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You know what a redneck's last words are. Hey, y'all. Watch this. I've had a few of those in my past, like when I parachuted off of the house with a hefty trash bag as my parachute, and it did not go so good. Like when I was seven years old playing Army with my cousin Randy, and I loaded my dad's 30 6 and then I, I, I thought, well, maybe that's a bad, bad idea. I might kill Randy. And so at seven years old, I tried to unlock it, un unload it, and I couldn't do it. And I got scared, started crying, called my Uncle Raymond, and got in massive trouble. Maybe like when me and my cousin Randy were riding our horses on I-20 in the north Louisiana, just riding our horses on the side of I-20, 18-wheelers flying by. We're all of 10, 11, 12 years old riding our horses down I-20. Now... <clears throat> You would say, well, that's youthful exuberance. You were just dumb and, and all that. But somewhere in my late 30s or 40s, I had a famous, hey, y'all, watch this. When I had my nephew and my oldest son, I went to a skate park. I got on a skateboard, which I had not been on in many years, and I got on a half pipe. And I said, hey, boys, y'all watch this. And then I went straight into the ground and almost died. And, and they were laughing.
nothing and taking pictures of me on the ground. Thank God it was old flip phones. They were sorry and they didn't last to this day. But I'm going to tell you something. That could have gone viral. It was pretty bad. When, when somebody says, hey, y'all, watch this, it's really a cry for help. You need therapy. <laughs> but, but really what you're doing is you're saying, what I'm about to do is so amazing that you've got to watch me do it. I'm about to blow your mind. The problem is human nature and limitation being what it is, things can get sideways real quick. And since everyone's watching, everyone sees it when things get sideways. And, you know, the worst thing is they capture it on film and you become a celebrity on YouTube and you can go watch these things. There's tons of these, hey, y'all, watch this videos, and there are a lot of fails. Now, I, I could have shown you all those, but I thought I'd show you what could have been a hey, y'all, watch this moment for us here at LifePoint as we tried to change a light bulb. Look at this picture. That's Brendan up there changing the bulb. That's DJ on the phone to OSHA probably. And that's me obviously holding the thing together, right? <laughs> They're building Walmart across the street, and we just could, didn't have a, a ladder to get that high, so we were like, hey, y'all, watch this. You know, I got an idea. <laughs> it it could have been pretty bad, but in, now in the sports world, there are a few people who are just made for the big stage. Michael Jordan comes to mind. Michael Jordan had nine buzzer beater winning shots in his Hall of Fame career. Think about that. And, and when you go behind the scenes, you get some of that footage, you'll see where he's, he's telling the coach, he's like, coach, hey, listen, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Because he knew what to do with the ball. It's like he was saying, hey, y'all, watch this. Now, I might add, Kobe had eight, and LeBron has had seven, as my son-in-law would add, though, so far because he's still playing. But the thing is, he knew what to do. Hey, y'all, watch this, and he could make it happen. I've played golf with people like that. I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible golfer. I'm terrible at golf, and a lot of preachers play golf, and I would always get invited to play in golf tournaments. I think I was telling you this, Yvonne, I would get invited to play in these golf tournaments, and, and I was terrible, and, and my preacher friends were like, you know, let's get Donovan. We can trash him and get his entrance fee money at the same time. It's a double whammy, and so I would join, but I just so happened to have PGA card-carrying friends, and so I would say, hey, I'm about to play in a threesome or a foursome or a tournament, and, and listen, would you be my partner? And so I would bring in my PGA partners, and, and so the, the, the golfers, first of all, were amazing because they would say, here's what I'm going to do, DH. I'm going to hit the ball 200 yards, it's going to dog walk leg to the left about 50 yards, drop in the middle of the fairway about 100 yards from the pin, and, and then I'll, I'll get in in two or three at the most. And so I would say, you know, okay, because I'm like, you know, I, I don't know where it's going. I'm just going to hit the ball. You know, I hope it gets off the ground. Like I was excited even if it like went straight left or straight right. If it was airborne, it was like a win for me, you know. Well, they would just direct it, and sure enough, they would hit the ball. It would go behind some trees to the left about 200 yards out. We'd drive out their turn, and sure enough, there was their ball exactly where they said it was going to be. And the second thing about that is all my friends that were really trying to trash me were amazed as I walked up and took the winning trophy 
And they're like, how did this happen? I'm like, I'm a good recruiter. I'm a good team builder. I don't have to be a good golfer. I know where they are, though, and I'll get them on my team, right? <laughs> now, let me tell you this. What about when God says, watch this? Oh, man. I saw something this week in Scripture I had not seen before. From what I've noticed, he likes to perform in front of an audience. He likes to demonstrate his power when others are watching. He likes to show up and show out. It's like a divine, hey, y'all, watch this. Before there was ever space and time, before there was ever, ever the, the creation of the heavens and the earth, before he ever said, let there be light, he created an audience of angels. He created them first. Job 38, 4-7 says this, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He's, he's talking to Job like, you weren't there. Tell me if you have understanding. No, you didn't see it. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Obviously you don't. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? Then he says this, When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. He created the angels before he created everything else so they could watch him. He could look at them and say, Hey, y'all, watch this. I love the fact that the stars, listen, the stars are massive, right? You've studied them. You've watched uh, uh, shows about them, the Science Channel or whatever. It's incredible. They're huge. They're massive. They're light years apart. I, there's one particular scene I love that's taken from the Hubble, and it looks like a million stars. It's really a million galaxies with a billion stars in each of them, and they're millions of light years apart. It's just like mind-boggling. But when the stars were created, it says God did this and God did this, and he made the stars. He just made the stars because he's God, but he did it with an audience watching. watching. It had to blow their mind. Wow. That is amazing. I'm telling you, when our God says, hey, y'all, watch this, it's on. It's about to get ridiculous. You better pay attention because if he, if he says, watch what I'm going to do, he's going to do something. Balaam said this, God is not a man that he should lie. Jeremiah said he watches over his word to perform it. If he said, I'm going to do it, bless God, he's going to do it, and it's going to be on display for the whole world to see. Now, his magnum opus is the cross. And, and we've been to Calvary. It was at a crossroads, so to speak. It wasn't, Paul told Agrippa, this thing wasn't done in a corner, man. This was at a crossroads where there were lots of people that could see it. It, it was put on display. Jesus told Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up that serpent on the stick, so I, the Son of Man, have to be lifted up. But if I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. In other words, that cross is going to be on a pedestal. That word is going to go forth, Paul said, throughout the whole earth, so that whosoever looks can live. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It was not done in a corner, but it was done for the world to see. Give God some praise, right? Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. When God says, watch this, you better pay attention. He's about to show out. He defeated the devil, the Bible says, and made a show of him openly. And the church, this, this model, you want to talk about diversity, 
all races and nations and tribes and nationalities and ethnicities and economic status and Jews and Gentiles across time, across space. It's called the manifest wisdom of God put on display like a diamond on black velvet with a beautiful light shining over it. And the Lord's saying, look at this. Look what I have done. It's done so it can be seen. Somebody needs to hear me today. Some of your failures were wide open. They were out there in the great wide open. A lot of people saw it, saw you lose. But I'm here to tell you today, God's about to do some restoration and renewal in your life. And when he does, it's going to be done in the open as well. People are going to see the change and the difference and the blessing. Matthew chapter 6 verse 4, Jesus said, When you're faithful in secret, your heavenly Father rewards you openly. And some of you have sown in secret. You've prayed in your prayer closet. But when you finally do come through this season, when you get on the other side, everybody's going to know it was God who brought you through. And it was God who blessed you the way you've been blessed. Weeping may have endured for the night, but listen, joy comes in the daylight, in the morning, with the sun shining. You can see it all. God's saying, hey, y'all, watch what I'm about to do in their life. Give the Lord some praise for restoration and renewal. When God got the children of Israel out of Egypt, he led them between two mountain ranges. They followed the cloud. They followed the fire. They go between two mountain ranges, and they come to the Red Sea. And it's like this kill box, like they're trapped. And the Lord, instead of saying, hey, Moses, uh, I, I led you here now. Just keep following the cloud, and the sea's going to part as you go over. He stuck them right there. Y'all just stay put. Just stay right here. And they start freaking out. We're going to die. Pharaoh is, is like mad. And now he's coming up behind them. And, and so they're like, man, we're going to die right here. Why? Because the Lord didn't open the Red Sea immediately. Why? Why did he not open the Red Sea? Because he told Pharaoh through Moses, I'm going to show you my glory, boy. Those plagues, you think that's something? You ain't seen nothing yet. He set the stage and set it up for the enemy to come behind and get a front row seat. And then the Lord said to Moses, now stretch that stick out there over that sea. And overnight an east wind blew and the, the sea parted and they walked across on dry land while Pharaoh and his army watched. He was showing out to Pharaoh. Pharaoh should have said, I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm done. I'm out of here. But his hardened heart and his anger led him to chase after them, and they ended up drowning in the sea. But God was assembling an audience to show out. And I'm telling you, when God starts working in your life, everybody's going to know it. In Luke chapter 5, the disciples had fished all night and caught nothing. Everybody say nothing. Now, they, they weren't professional fishermen like some of you. I mean, we've got DJ, of course, our resident professional fisherman. we got Tina and her brother Paul. They're like professional fishermen. At the beginning of this pandemic, me and Valerie went out fishing for, I don't know, a, a week probably worth of fishing, day, you know, a day here, a day there, and, uh, and, and we were miserable. Like, we, we got worms, we got sh shrimp, we got uh, artificial bait, and, and we sat out there, uh, Bayou Francois out here, 
and we fished and fished and fished and fished. And after all that fishing, we caught maybe five little catfish. Maybe. Little bitty things. Little bitty boys. Little bitty fish. It was miserable. I enjoyed the relaxation and the ritual of fishing. And of course, I brought food. And one day I ordered pizza. And <laughs> I'm going to buy you Francois. I'm right here. And they said, we'll bring it to you. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, you know. Just uh, the, 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 the self-employed doing what they got to do to survive. You know, we'll bring the, yeah, where are you on Bayou Francois? And uh, we were just uh, fishing and we are, of course, uh, Tina and the family felt sorry for us. And they're like, uh, we went out, you know, the next day and caught 55 catfish. And so they're, they're like, well, we, we, we cleaned some for y'all. We're going to give y'all some fish. We're like, thank you so much. I don't know why we couldn't catch them. My dad would say I wasn't holding my mouth right. So I tried, you know, I'm like, like I tried everything, but it didn't seem to work. I thought maybe Valerie was like a Jonah in my boat, you know, but. <laughs> so so <clears throat> here you have the fruit of Simon and the boy's labor being zero, nothing. They had fished all night and caught nothing. The next morning they're washing their nets. Jesus needed a boat because he had an audience. He was going to preach to them. And there were so many people that gathered. He, he said, can I use your boat? Like, I want to go out here and I want, I'm going to preach. So he needed to get some distance between he and the crowd that was on the shore. And then he used the water as a natural amplification system where he could raise his voice but without killing his voice and he could preach and, and speak to everyone. And so Simon donated to the cause. He contributed his time, his energy, his boat. He, he got... Jesus out from the shore, let down the anchor, managed that situation. Uh, but when it was all said and done, he still had empty nets. So he had sown into the ministry of Jesus Christ in a very tangible way. And yet, he still had empty nets. And then, Jesus gave him this lanyard, this extra, this little tag-on command. Let me, let me say this. There are certain times and moments when all of our sowing into the kingdom of God gets us nowhere until we take this last little challenging step that the Lord puts in front of us. He had sown and received nothing. Everybody say nothing. He was tired he had fished all night long. The sun has come up now. It's beating down on him, sapping what energy he had left, not to mention that he's discouraged. He's, he's broke. He didn't make any money that night. And yet he mustered up his reserve strength, sacrificially gave to the ministry of Jesus, but he still had no fish. And then Jesus gives this challenging word of instruction. And it comes from the lips of a carpenter turned preacher. And now he is a fishing expert. This word of instruction made no sense to this commercial fisherman. Cast your nets into the water for a big catch of fish. But what, what Simon would do with that little word would make the difference, first of all, between him going home empty-handed or going home full, going home broke or going home rich, going home with not enough to going home with more than enough. But not only that, it, it, would, it would take him 
that one word of instruction would end up making the difference in him for the rest of his life. His destiny was attached to what he did with this one little word. And I feel like I'm on assignment today for somebody like Simon, somebody in this room. You've contributed to this point but I believe God is going to give you a word, a, a, a little word, a step to take, a next step, something for you to do. And what you do with that, that word, and it may not, might not make any sense to you, but what you do with that word is going to be the key that unlocks the door to the rest of your life and to your destiny. And it may, I don't know if it's a phone call, I don't know if it's starting a business, writing a book, moving in a certain direction, giving that offering, whatever it is, but it is the key to unlocking the door to your destiny and your future. God's gonna drop that word in somebody's spirit this morning, amen? Come on, give God some praise right now. I feel some faith in the room. Simon protested. He's like, man, we fished all night and we ain't caught nothing, Jesus. Come on now. But I thank God that he didn't stop there. He, he continued, nevertheless, kind of like, whatever, because you said so, well, then the rest is history. It changed his life forever. And here's the point. Had Peter not obeyed that particular word, all his sowing into the ministry of Jesus would have been inconsequential. You'd have never heard of Simon Peter First of all, his name was going to change as a result of that act of obedience. You would have never heard of Simon. You wouldn't have heard of him, the prince of preachers, the prince of the apostles, the one who preached on the day of Pentecost. You'd have never heard from him. He would have died at this dead-end job in a dead-end town and, and been buried in the sands of time forever. You'd have never heard of this guy named Simon had he not taken that word to heart and said, nevertheless, Basically, not my will, but your will be done. His name was changed from Simon, which means hearer, to Peter, which means rock. He became a rock in the church, and the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself, the chief cornerstone. Peter's name is on the foundation stones of heaven. It all changed because he took this one little word and, and, and applied it into his life. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus knew. This didn't catch him by surprise. It's not like Jesus was guessing like, uh, hey, throw your nets out into the deep and I hope something happens. Like he knew what was going to happen. And it's like he was saying to the angels and to the devil, to the religious community of that day, hey, y'all, watch this. Simon, put your net out to catch a lot of fish. Simon's like, oh, man. Jesus is like, like teetering, like, come on, come on, boy, come on. And he said, nevertheless, and Jesus said, it's on. He threw that net into the water, and I believe the water started stirring and shaking. It's like those videos of those fish jumping in the boat, you know what I'm saying? Fish started going crazy, filling up the net. They signal their partners. And the partners come sailing their way. And they, they begin to break their nets and they begin to sink their boats and Simon realizes something is different. He falls at Jesus' feet and he says, listen, I don't know what in the world is in you, but what's in me will ruin what's in you. And Jesus said, no need to worry about that. 
you have no effect on me, but I'll change you forever. You're not going to be a fisher of fish, but a fisher of men. I'm going to change you, and neither shall your name be Simon, but you are Peter. Later he would say, and upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It all started because a man took a word and jumped out on it, and God changed his life forever. Who in this place is God going to give you a word that changes your life forever? Can you stand with me right now? Could it be that what God is putting in your heart, that very thing, over the next few minutes that he's going to drop in there, if you'll obey it, it'll catapult you into the next level. It'll catapult you into your destiny and your calling. I believe today God's going to put something in your heart that's not just an idea, not just a good idea, but it is a God idea. And it may seem foolish and it may seem, seem silly. But if you'll push through, it could be a phone call, it could be something to do with your business, it could be an offering. This sounds self-serving, it's not. I was reminded of, of Morton Buster when he said that I see donations of real estate, something to do with real estate in this church this is before all this pandemic junk started up. We've forgotten about all that. But the Lord dropped a prophetic word in, in the middle of this congregation that was just, it was interesting. We've never had that word before. And maybe that's something that God's speaking to somebody about. Maybe a Bible study you need to teach or you need to get involved in. Maybe it's water baptism. Seeking after the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is, I believe God is dropping a word into your spirit and we'll do that over the next few minutes. If you'll let him. And if you'll just hear that word, it will change everything about you. Here's what I want us to do, and this is my instruction. I've argued with the Lord because I didn't want to necessarily do it this way, but this is the way I felt to do it so I will obey that word. I want you to step out from where you are. You can come up front. You can go to the back and the corners. You can get in the aisle, whatever. I want you to step out from where you are. Move out across this, this building. And um, I want to pray for families. If, you're, if you've got family here, get with your family. If you don't have family here, just think of them. I want us to pray for some, some word in our families. God wants to move in our family. God moves in families. But sometimes we get in jams and situations and we don't know what to do about where we are with our family. God. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.